0: Welcome back, you brilliant, fantastic people. We are the American Scouser crew. We're never going to stop. La la etc etc etc. So we're back. Uh, it's Monday the twenty fifth. Uh, the time we're recording, and tonight we are blessed once again um, with the fantastic back four of the American Scouser crew. Tonight, folks, we are joined by Tumuchin, the the OG, the loyal centre back, the armband, the captain. Timuchin, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. As good as I could be. And we've got a, a fantastic left and right back. We've got Parker at left back, the, the tech guru, the sound guy, our producer, our fact checker. How you doing, mate?
1: Not bad, man. How are you? Uh,
0: struggling, you know? How, how, how's it going? Anyway, Paul, on the right, we've got Mr. Bickler, our, uh, our maestro there, our player ratings genius himself. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm begging you all up. Don't worry. I'm uh, I'm the other centre back uh, stuck in beside the the OG Timuchin. Um, so I'll uh, I'll try and marshal the madness anyway. So listeners, uh, good to have you back. Uh, last week we uh, tried out a few new things with the room 101. So we're gonna unfortunately have to start where we left off, and we're gonna have to drag something out of room 101 already. Um, Paul. At the ready, we're going to have to go straight to you. Yes, it's more Peacock news. Paul, what the hell has been going on, mate? It's just a madhouse at the <laughs> moment, isn't it? Am I supposed to break this news like we haven't seen it for the last like,
2: <laughs> week straight up like, <laughs> yeah, all over the internet? your official
1: yeah. Peacock correspondent, yeah. Paul. Paul. well
2: i mean i think we need to like really like give some backstory here i mean if you haven't listened to us before we introduced this this room 101 right where what what we get an idea and it's basically off limits we don't get to talk about it again so the is that right so now we're going to start off
0: this by breaking that rule and talking about it again well this is um, the thing you know it, it once we send it to the abyss it's we say it's forever we say we're never going to talk about that game but you know we have we have full liberty we'll start the nest podcast off with it we (laughs) we have full liberty to drag it back out you know
2: okay so yeah so the reason that jamie kicked it over to me with peacock is because uh it is one of my pet peeves that this continually gets brought up right about uh how bad peacock sucks that you have to pay for it per month Um, we're going to do a weekly grocery segment where I show you how to save $5 uh, a month in groceries. Um, but the real news is here, right. Is that they're folding NBC sports network. They're going to use USA in that, in their family and networks at to replace that. And then Peacock as well. Right. And so the reaction this week was how bad that sucks because it's going to be Peacock I don't really understand this because it doesn't really change anything, but a channel number instead of sports, you know, NBC sports are going to use USA. I, I don't a couple of things about this. I think that like, this was probably the plan all along. Um, I think this plan has probably been part of why they invented Peacock was to get away from NBC sports network because everything is sort of pushing towards streaming and, um, so I don't think it's gonna. I mean, I think this has probably been the plan all along. I think if anything, look, you're go- we're gonna get our matches on Peacock regardless. So if anything, this is gonna push more matches over to Peacock and at least add more value to what you're spending six dollars a month on to have it anyway. So I don't I don't see this as a bad thing at all. Sure. Um, and I I I mean, this is gonna happen regardless. I I just don't get. I don't get why everyone's doubling down on the fury over it because that was always going to be part of the deal. Like, look, financially, this is funny because I crunched some numbers on this because I'm a loser. Um, but <laughs> but like, this week, like, so the, the, the deal for the Premier League for NBC to pick it up was it was a billion dollars over the course of, I think, five years in an extension. It was a billion dollar contract for rights to the Premier League, and it was about just over twenty four hundred matches over the course of that time. So, if you break that down, they essentially paid a little over four hundred twenty five thousand dollars a match. So, when you look at pushing that over, if you're going to take one out of ten matches and put it on Peacock, you're looking at having to get a little over seven thousand or a little over forty two thousand five hundred dollars per match off of your streaming sites, which breaks down to about seven thousand people. That's really like, I mean, that's pretty doable, but that's what they're looking at in terms of probably like, those are the types of things they're looking at in terms of just justifying the contract on average. Um, But like, I don't, like I said, I mean, if we talked about this last week, if you're following any other sport, like you're looking at, so realistically we have CBS sports for champions league, ESPN plus, which you can get in a bundle for domestic cups. And you're looking at, um, peacock uh, for for league stuff. So you're looking all together. That's about eighteen bucks, twenty bucks a month. I mean, versus if you're following an NFL team or an NBA team and you want every out of market game, you're spending over three hundred dollars on a package that's exclusively that stuff. Um, so, I mean, I guess when I see that stuff online, I just think that people just don't don't understand like the cost of. Out of market sports in general. I don't know. That's okay, and that's all we have time for today. Things are gonna wrap the pod.
0: <laughs> nice short one for this week, folks. Uh, we'll yep. see you next week. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, see you on the Facebook funnies. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, when you put it all out there like that, Paul, it's half a million a match. Kind of sounds. You know, it's it's pennies really for for these these types of people. But you know, it, it's whatever. Um, it's not exactly a monopoly. And um, you know, monopolies are illegal in America. Blah blah blah. Um, but you know, it's um, it could be worse, like you said. You know, um, Timuchin, you want to add anything to that uh, peacock kerfuffle? I, I wouldn't dare go into Bickler's
3: territory when it comes to <laughs> uh, But you're but, damn right. <laughs> I think my only complaints, and I don't know, it's a mild one, and I would think they would fix it over time, is how it switches from the pregame selling to the game. That's probably the only complaint I have, because the pregame you're watching on a different channel, and I don't know if everybody has the same issue. See, I get it from Xfinity, so I don't even have to look at Bickler's Grocery Tips to be able to get it, because it's already included in mine, so I don't have to pay additional to it. I don't think it's free. I know, I'm sure it's bundled in somehow, but... Um, so, well, aren't you uh, a lucky guy? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if mine is the only way, but it is like the app itself within Xfinity is slow as can be. So when you switch from a pregame to a game, usually you're missing probably kickoff when right the first time, like 10, 15 seconds or something like that. But it's a minor complaint to have, and I'm assuming pretty soon they'll make it overlap. And one thing that might happen, like Victor was saying, is if they don't have to show this on the USA Network, Maybe eventually we'll see the pregame and everything like that on Peacock too. So, there goes that problem. I'm mean, I not like I say. I don't have a problem with it. I, some of the complaints, like Bickler says, I mean, I'm on his side when he gets. I don't get as angry as he does about it, but <laughs> some of the comments I read, like it's like, have these people ever been in a business or taking part of a business? Like, why would they put the best game behind Peacock and not the? Why do you think so that you yeah. pay? To watch the best game. I mean, I don't understand some of these like odds takes on it, but no, I mean, you're going to have to pay it. uh, Like Pickler says, I mean, anything you follow, any other sport you follow in the U S you're paying a lot more for. So take it and run with it.
2: And I don't want to be an apologist because honestly the app has a lot of room for improvement. I mean, it's got the premier league channel, which is really cool, but like the inability to like stop, rewind fast forward games. Uh, the amount of time it takes for for replays to go up the replays that are allowed like I mean I think all that's going to improve over time so there's definitely you know I I definitely think there's some shortcomings and people have legitimate gripes I mean the fact that it's not on a Samsung smart tv yet like I mean general accessibility issues outside of having to plug your laptop in like I totally get and I think those things will will probably improve over time
0: yeah, and I, like I'm, I'm not going to make any apologies for it either. But I, I would point out that you know I'm a bit of an old fogey as well. Like I, I remember back in the day, um, in in Ireland and the UK, you know, when games weren't live or televised, we had the, a thing called teletext, which was you know the most beta of things you could ever ever see. Um, and you know it was terrible, just waiting for. Uh, it was terrible. I can't even express to you how bad it was. It was black and white it was a, a thing you could just press a button on your tv and you could you could get um up, updates every once in a while It probably happens like five minutes after the fact but it was it was terrible um I would also point out that um there is pretty much on the LFC um official app and even for those who complain about uh commentary uh on ESPN etc there's um free audio commentary on the LFC official app as well so it's, it's great it's a very biased red tinted glasses commentary with uh, with John Aldridge and, and I love that. It, it's great especially when you're you know out in the road and you can't get the game or whatever. I always enjoy listening to the games but um, yeah other than that <laughs> one,
1: one thing I will pitch in on this real quick is uh, listen how great my idea this is and I've been saying it for a while. with any sport, I would absolutely pay a premium. To have a commentary list stream i would pay at least 20 bucks a month to watch all my team's games without some people talking yeah. over it just hear the game sound the fans when they're back the sounds of the players whether it's basketball the squeaking of the shoes hockey just the skates going that's all i want i want the in the stadium experience pure sensory
0: yeah absolutely yeah that mouth. would be great I I-
3: some of the like turkish games i stream um, maybe not so legally, but anyway, I still like I. Speak, like, all you get is that feed, so you do not get any commentary. All you get is some of the on-field stuff, like if the microphone is close, but you still would get the stadium and everything like that too. Yeah. So Parker says that's a joy to watch because. Commentary in Turkish is just as bad as in English people. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <You> know, <laughs> those who can do, those who can't uh, commentate, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we've got lots of great articles on the America Scarcer website. Uh, we've got the road back from Barack, the, the corner taken quickly. Um, we've got the FA Cup player ratings from Bickler himself. Um, we've got a couple of great get to knows um, from our new guy Hasham or Hisham. Uh, get to know Leighton Clarkson and uh, Taylor Hines from LFC Women, which uh, she's a, a, a very big favourite of my wife's, so she was uh, all all ears for that one. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, plenty of content that we've got you covered on Uh So yes. Since we uh, left you last Monday, we've uh, had a couple of games to talk about. So why don't we go ahead and Harry Kane, dive straight in. Um, I guess let's get to it, lads. Uh, quick recap of the Burnley game. Um, very quick because, Jesus Christ, uh, it, was, it was pretty dire. Uh, reminded me of my, my formative years, college and uni, you know taking plenty of shots like it was going out of fashion and uh, couldn't score for love nor money. (laughs) But it was just terrible, wasn't it? Like, uh, you know, that's 68 games. Um, Crystal Palace 2017, last game we lost at Anfield, lads. If, you know, if this was a a spreadsheet or even better, a a rocket ship blasting through gravity, you know, we've, we've just hit that blip and, you know, look everybody has blitz take take a look at everton for christ's sake they haven't won a a, a medal or a championship in 25 years imagine being them but um yeah it, it was hard to take so what what was your your thoughts and feelings initially um paul we'll jump in straight with you i mean <clears throat> it's it's a weird one right because it marks
2: the end of an era of like a, a really an unprecedented home run uh it's like general frustration because you know, like I think you know, Tim's mentioned this before. It feels like the same game for like the last like four months. Right. You know, like you just we've, we're we're stacked in there, just drilling shots and and just coming up with nothing. I w- I mean, I will say at least you know, like it felt like we were. I think we've had some matches where we've had, like, you know, crazy amounts of possession, but just didn't seem to get anything on goal. And at least in this match, we were putting stuff on goal and just getting unlucky, you know? Like, I can't tell you how many crazy blocks there were with just Burnley guys stacked in the box. Um, You know, the one, I think, where they blocked Firmino, I thought was for sure in. Um, So it was just frustrating in general. But I think on the larger scope of it, I think it's really disappointing is that, like, I, I felt like, you know, it was it, it felt really unjust to 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 lose it without fans as much as it felt to win it without fans. You know, because like, I mean, that's how it started. We never really got to properly celebrate our title, and then this run ends and there's 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 no fans in the stadium and and, and I think not only because I felt like maybe we would have won it with them in it, but also because like we didn't we didn't get to fully appreciate this team like they should have been clapped off. And like, I think that's weird for people to think about like, Hey, we lost, like, there's no, there's no joy in that. We don't applaud that. But like, for me, it's like those players deserve to be clapped off. Um, and I am grateful that to some extent that we can stop talking about it. Yeah. Um, but like, I, to me, it was just, just disappointment in the fact that we didn't get to appreciate that team again.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. You know, obviously, you know, cast your mind back to that uh, draw in Klopp's first season with, um, who was it now? Was it Watford or someone where, you know, he takes all the team down to the cop and, and like, you know, does the old arm-in-arm. Arm and, you know, yeah. that that was a real turning point for us. And every, uh, all teams laughed at us, which, you know, in many ways, it's, it's resembling what's happening now. Like, a lot of teams are laughing at us now because we're um, – not the team we were which is bullshit anyway like i feel like that's that's precisely what all these teams want you know they want us fighting against each other and blah 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 but you're absolutely right they should have been applauded for for not just their achievements but for year after year you know this is 2017 we're talking about this is almost four years ago um but yeah uh to much initial reactions to the to the to the burnley and and Obviously now that that settled and and we played United for the second time, how how do you think about it now?
3: Uh, still disappointing. I think it's just the kind of like the whole streak goes out in a whimper, and kind of like you know Bickler says it kind of like faded towards the end, and would not. And I do feel it would make a big difference if that stadium is full, uh, even this you know like this recent run everything included. Um, I thought it was an improvement over the last few other games that have kind of like blended into each other, uh, mainly for the reasons that, you know, like Paul was talking about being able to at least get more shots I feel like, you know, it felt more like we could score like any minutes uh, you know, it, the first half, you know, we had the post you know, Divock thing and stuff and, you know, it just felt more like we could score whereas you were watching the other games and it felt like, you know, they could have played 10 days and we would not have a shot on goal. Uh, whereas this one, it was probably more conscious in terms of, you know, like, first of all, the 11 we put out there, we put people who could take those shots from outside the box with, you know, Shaq and Ox and stuff like that. Uh, even Divac, you know, like, you know, likes to kind of like cut in and like, you know, crank some shots and stuff. So the lineup was more geared to that too, I think. But yeah, just disappointing result at the end. I mean, we were chatting live as we were watching and we even said, hey, you know, go all for it risk losing at home and you know like just try to get the three points trying to get the goal and stuff like that and i don't think we expected to concede the goal in that sense we were more talking about like going all out kind of deal like with substitutions and stuff but yeah disappointing but you know it it was going to end sometime it just sucks kind of like paul said that the way it's ended and the latter part of the curve i would rather end on a i don't know, like a well you know high? just like an unfortunate day or something like that as opposed to it almost felt like this was
0: coming yeah and i mean you know paul talks about clapping these players off after a win and and you know um, that may seem contrite to some people but the fact of the matter is that's the first anfield defeat for what's that one two three four five seven liverpool players first team players robertson fabinho Ox Shack, well, Ox and Shack, maybe not first team players, but still quality players. So Robertson, Fab, Ox, Shack, Salah, Allison, and Mane—that's their first taste of defeat. And in a way, I feel like they they need it to taste that defeat, even without fans. Even though it, it's not, th- those boys are going to be hurting. It, they all will be hurting after after losing the streak. Um, but. You know, having fans there to, to witness that and to, you know, possibly clap them off, it, it would have been lovely. Um, but yeah, we move on to the United game in the Cup. Now, lads, it's, it's, uh, it's been a few days now. Um, God knows I've had my fair share of grief from my friends across the water and friends here in North Carolina. Because they're all crawling out the bloody woodwork, aren't they? All these United fans—it's ridiculous. Um, it's almost as if they think they've they've won the double already. Um, with with all um, reality being considered, they're probably going to get knocked out the next fucking round. Um, but in reality, we've got two goals to scream about here tonight, lads. Um, two wonderful goals. Two great assists. Um, Salah's chip with the right foot was was reminiscent of his old days like he he's got his right foot back but by the looks of it lads um what do we think there uh, Timuchin? you know obviously you're the center back but can you dream of a, can you dream of a finesse finish like that with your weak foot hey man i've had some finishes
3: back in my day so <laughs> center back let's not go there but um i honestly normally because it's the FA cup um and I know some have, like, more, like, sentimental connections to it. I personally, you know, especially with Champions League now, to me, it's kind of like a second-tier deal. Um, if it wasn't United, I would care much less than I do now because I have a freaking brother that's a United fan. So, it, but even him, like, knowing, uh, you know, like, having watched the game, he, I mean, he kind of knew both times, you know, just because of the FA Cup is not as big of a deal kind of thing. But, um If it wasn't United, like I say, I would care as much as I probably do now. Um, Some more good signs. You know, we're talking about, like, how Burnley game had a bit more good signs from the games previous. I felt like this one had even more. uh, Just not only because we score, but I thought overall we played, the energy, the press, uh, was kind of back again. Uh, Obviously, it brings a lot of questions about our, you know, defense and the center back signing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But – yeah, disappointed, but
0: not as crushed. And like I say, if it wasn't United, I don't even know if Hawaii would be as disappointed. It would just be like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's never a good time to lose to United, even if it's a, a you know, you touched on it. the The FA Cup has definitely lost its shine, um, considering that we're we're back on our perch and we're 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 fighting for the Champions League and we're fighting for the Premier League. So you know, it it definitely has. There's not a lot of money. Uh, involved in winning it compared to the other two competitions that I mentioned um but there's you know definitely positives to be taken from the game Paul like 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 I said two great assists two great goals um it's it's hard to not feel hard done by by um you know that strike 12 minutes in um from Fernandez but all in all definitely positives to come from it like
2: yeah, I mean, for sure. I, it's, it, I think we can all agree that we would rather lose 3-2 like that than 1-0 like we did versus Burnley, right? Oh, I mean, completely, it just, yeah. It just it feels like a different it, – it's a different energy. Um, man, it's interesting because, like, for me, I was thinking about – we spent so much time discussing um, what teams are doing to us that we're struggling with, right? This, this whole idea of sinking back low block and stacking uh, versus us and making us beat them uh, through the middle and making us really sort of break down this low block system uh, and then struggling on the, on the teams that do that and encounter us um, And whether, you know, people are taking advantage of the fact that we don't have Van Dyke and we're not playing a high line. Um, I kind of wonder, man, I wonder, If it's not more that we've just been playing conservatively to protect, you know, two midfielders that we have to play center back first, because to me, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, it's, it's literally two days after Klopp comes out and basically does a very unconventional thing in a press conference and says that, like, he wanted something differently than the owners did. We don't normally see that. We normally see a a Jurgen Klopp who's very much like, yeah, we're working on this together. We've made a uniform decision. Um, He kind of uh, uh, is very cryptic about what goes on. And I think he a lot of times doesn't have a problem being, you know, a bit manipulative and misleading, uh, you know, in in his information. Um, You don't it was, a, it was a different interview for me. Uh, I kind of don't think that it's a coincidence that we came out and opened it up a little bit. Um, and I think he's almost a, I think he's more willing to lose this way. And I think B, he, he might be making a little bit of a point to the ownership. Like, look, this is what we need. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. There's going to be a $40 million hit if we don't make European football, but at least we're going to lose playing the way that I want to play versus us changing our system to accommodate, um, you know the fact that we won't go out and spend in the window because of of, of a mature, uh, 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 of a lot of different reasons, whether legitimate or not. Um, and I honestly think, I honestly think, I understand. My my opinion is that FSG made it, it, it; they made a strategic move that they were gonna they were gonna risk not adding more depth this summer. To given the market and given what's going on with COVID, they found value in, in both of the you know Diago and the Jota signings, and the fact that they could do installment plans essentially over time on uh, two players. They thought were going to add more value than going out and getting, you know, bent over the barrel on a center back in the market. I think that was a risk they took. And I think they got burned on it. And I think they'd probably admit they got burned on it. But I think at this point, you know, obviously there needed to be some sort of a change in my opinion, when, you know, have had issues. Gomez went down and Van Dyke the, the moment Gomez went down. I mean, I think there should have been a shift in philosophy, Probably, if not sooner, I, I, Tim will probably, you know, he'll argue sooner. Um, but I think that inability to adjust, I think, has has left Klopp frustrated. And I think the way that we played this this sort of offensive, Trent and Rabo pushed all the way up. Uh, I think that he's trying to prove a point. Um, and that's just kind of my opinion
0: on it. Yeah, I think you you make a valid point there. Like he definitely wasn't towing the company line with his interviews in the in the past. Um, Definitely highlighting the fact, and, and you're not wrong, we will eventually be bent over backwards um, by, you know, everybody and their mother knows we're out for a centre-back now. That's common knowledge. Um, so that, that's possibly one of the reasons why we won't um, try to get a centre-back in, in uh, during the, the winter period. Um, that and finances and the FSG standpoint as well. You know, there's, there's multiple reasons um, that we won't be interested in.
3: Here's my problem with that. I mean, I think they kind of like doubled on. I agree with Paul, but this is not, you know, like I, you know, you see all the discussions online, and this is not a hindsight thing, you know. We, I mean, I know I did, and I'm pretty, I remember you, Jamie. I mean, when we had that podcast, like in the, you know, one of the podcasts was in the summer when Logan was sold, we specifically talked about making sure there's a backup for it. And I remember, you know, I said it then. We just saw what happened to City. We just saw it. So hopefully they would see that too and not make the same mistake. So you roll the dice. And, you know, like I mentioned this before, we kind of like did the same thing with never having a backup left back. You know, we just hope that Robo would be healthy and, you know, Milner is available if need be. And so we got lucky for what, two, maybe three seasons uh, after like Moreno left basically. Uh, where Robo was relatively healthy. We had to use, you know, like Milner here in like cup games and stuff like that, but kind of like got away with it. So we rolled the dice on this thing, which is a very, it's a dumb risk to me because of the people you're counting on. I mean, you know, you count on Robertson being healthy. That's fine. He has a track record of being healthy, but you're counting on Gomez and Matzit being healthy all year. That's just a dumb risk to take. So let's say we roll the dice, we take the risk. And then obviously, you know, like... I don't think anybody expected like Van Dyke to go out. And then Gomez goes out, not as shocked. My tip occasionally goes out, definitely not shocked because it has happened throughout. And we waited. I think if we had, if they said, you know what, this is going to be a problem, we got to find a solution. And I know, I love how people say like who and stuff like that. There's a scouting department. There are people who get paid to do this at all times. It doesn't. It doesn't work where they're like, oh, let's go find a center back. And like, everybody goes to the computers. I mean, these guys, this is their job. They're doing this year out. They're following talent and stuff like that. So I'm sure there were already some people on the shortlist. We kind of waited. Like you're saying, everybody already knew we needed the center back. We didn't do anything with it. And now, you know, three, the last three, four weeks, the, whatever we were going to get bent over on, uh, They're going to come back and go at it again because now they really know we need it. And yeah, well, I think that's why it's not going to happen at this point because we waited too long. And well, the rumors hold- today
0: the rumors today coming out of the club are um, Socrates, uh, Arsenal. Um, so, you know, even the, the kid from Real, the loan deal, whatever, you know, there's plenty of rumors out there. But uh, look, lads, let's be honest. Let's not beat a dead horse. This is what our rivals want us to be doing right now. Sitting at home, bitching about our centre-back issues and crying into our fucking pints. So let's, you know, a lot can be said about it. And we can sit here and talk to the cows, come home. Let's hope that something is in the works and that we're all proved wrong and blah, blah, blah. But um, let's have a wee bit of fun. Um, we're out of the cup. Let's have a wee bit of fun at United's expense here. Because, uh, you know, that them progressing we mentioned, they'll probably get knocked out, but it will add a wee bit of future congestion for them. Um, So good luck to them and good luck to them in the Europa League playing Thursday night fucking football. Um, But it is um, Robert Burns night for any of our Scottish listeners and especially our our Scottish madman at left back, Robbo. uh, I don't know if any of you seen uh, during uh, Greenwood's goal, Robbo is chasing back and he's a good couple of yards behind him. And he's never getting there. And he does the quintessential Sunday League thing, which I admit I have been guilty of before. I'm a, a big lover of a, a bit of shit Um, It's all fair game, in my opinion. Um, and maybe Parker, if if you're if you're able to, you could probably fact check this. But uh, for the listeners, basically Greenwood takes that one touch and and strikes the the ball, and and it's a it's a lovely goal. Fair play to him. He's a he's a great finisher. Um, but Robbo's just screaming down his neck. Like he's running after him, he's never getting there. Um, And I love that. Um, I wanna know what you think he's screaming. Um, Obviously it's Robert Burns' night, like I said. So maybe he's doing something quintessentially Scottish like freedom or haggis or fucking iron brew, which is a a, a famous Scottish soft drink. uh, sorry for the listeners who have got their volume up on high. I'll, I'll probably be shouting more throughout <laughs> the, the rest of the podcast. Uh, shouting, screaming and, and singing. That's usually what I'm up to for those who don't know me. But um, maybe, Parker, you could give a wee fact check. See, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Uh, you you might get carded for something like that, maybe given a, a, a penalty. But a lot of people online are, are complaining, Robbo's a fucking cheat. The Liverpool tactics. Look, look what they do. They, they can't defend now. Look what they're resorting to. But uh, what what do you think he was screaming, uh, Paul? What it it anything you can? I don't know. Just I a, loved ah! it.
2: I loved it. I mean, it's just it is what it is. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to complain too badly about that. You got him doing that. You got Bruno moving the ball off the free spot, the free kick spot. So I mean, it's like all all fair and love and war. I thought it was hilarious. Um, it, it really was. Whatever it was, it was probably unintelligible because you can't even understand him when he's talking normally (laughs) anyway. But uh, I mean, you know, that's like what? Kara would do that for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean... Yeah, I, I saw that uh, when they showed the slow motion replay. You could see him creeping in in the corner doing it. It was just, ho- I, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. If you're going to give up a goal, I, that's I want to see that.
0: Yeah, you want to go down fighting, exactly. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. For those listeners who, who possibly haven't seen uh, the memes or or the slow motion of it, it it's fantastic. Tamuchin, have you got any any shouts that you would have possibly screamed at uh, at uh, Greenwood? <laughs>
3: I think, you know, and like I say, I'll admit, I've done it too. But, you know, it's never been like, you know, you either like fake like somebody is right behind them, you know, <laughs> or, or yell something like that. Or you just like just basically just,
0: yeah. You just
2: give them a good, it's a hey, right? It's a yeah. hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just,
0: like, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you, just, he thinks, you,
2: the, ah, you know, hopefully and then, then thinks you're closer
0: you're, than you actually yeah. are. Um, I yeah.
2: mean, honestly, I, 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 I that, do that. that in golf all the time.
3: That's why you're probably banned from a lot of courses. But
2: uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm on the ladies team, might as well.
0: (laughs) Uh, One other thing I was going to possibly say um, if you've got any Scottish friends, uh, especially Glaswegians, because the the Glaswegian accent is just something else, Uh, if you do have any Glaswegian or Scottish friends, ask them to try and say burglar alarm. Because the Scottish accent and the Glaswegians, especially, they they roll their R's, and trying to say "burglar alarm" is just something you all need to witness. Um, so you know, maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a, a niche company out there somewhere that you can have a, a burglar alarm installed in your house, and it just screams "burglar alarm." I like to think that that was Robbo just screaming burglar alarm constantly in the back of Greenwood's uh, down his neck, down his throat. But uh, who knows? Maybe Robbo will come out and tell us. But uh, Parker, any any is it is it at all possible that you could get a yellow card for that? Have you seen or?
1: Yeah. So the closest thing I could find, given. You know the five minutes I had to look it up. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, um, good work, by the way. <laughs> no, you're good. The closest I could get is that you could get called for an unsportsmanlike conduct, right? But it would be very unlucky, unlikely. Unlikely, it have to. T- I think it would have to take something more of you know, a racism or something, right? Or
0: a good yeah. slap around the head, like he gave Messi. That's definitely right.
1: unsportsmanlike conduct.
0: But, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, it's not uh, becoming, shall we say. It's not very nice. But when you've got a player like Robbo, and, you know, he reminds me of a wee bit of, like, a Craig Bellamy, like a real terrier, like a real shithouse. Like, when he's on your side, you love him. When he's against you, you absolutely hate to see it. But um, things you love to see, uh, Robbo being an absolute house. I thought and it was Honestly, bad. we don't have
3: a lot of those guys. We can probably yeah, we all those guys. I mean, I can only think of... I mean, like, Milner and Handel have this thing going where Milner is probably more than Handel, but, I mean, they kind of, like, roughhouse and let you know they're there kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. and then they'll get back in your face and almost, like, mock you for, like, you know, hurting. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, like, from, like, Robo, I can't think of a lot of other players that
2: kind of do that kind of stuff, like, on the field. I'm I'm actually a huge fan of
0: Milner just going around and kicking everyone. It's amazing. (laughs) Absolutely, he just goes
2: around and shins everybody, it's
0: amazing. And I was, you know, begging for um to see some anger, to see some um, you know, just uh, a a bit of shithousery. Why not? You know, if things aren't going for you, go out there and make it happen. And and like you said, with Milner and the likes of Hendo, they're not afraid to get stuck in. Stevie G, didn't he get red carded against United his last season? Like, like a minute he after like, he got subbed on or something like that you, you know, know like 40 yeah. seconds into the second half yeah. anyway. you know and, and that's what i was crying out for a bit of passion a bit of anger why not you know um you know shankley always said we we went to all red so that the the enemy the the opponents wouldn't see the blood on your on your shirt and on your shorts so i i that's harking back to the old days, um, which seems to be the, the done thing these days. Whilst we're all complaining about uh, this sort of slump we're in, everybody's harking back to the old days, you know, why not get a, get a wee bit of blood on your shirt, get, uh, get some shithousery going. Why not? Um, but yeah, whilst we're making fun of United, let's, uh, let's keep that trend going. Cause why not? It's bloody brilliant. Doesn't it? Even though they won, we can still have a go at them. Um, Paul Pogba I was on the BBC stream um after the game I, I rewatched it on the BBC uh, so don't ask me why I rewatched that fucking game I did was um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they made Pogba man of the match I thought that was unbelievable like even my man United friends were were saying you know absolute shit game for Pogba um but I would be embarrassed if I was Paul Pogba because, and let's be honest, we're all Liverpool fanatics here. We all love Curtis Jones, Kurt Jones, Cujo, whatever you want to call him. Um, He made Pogba look second rate at times. Uh, And if I was Paul Pogba, I'd be embarrassed. Um, And like I said, we're all Liverpool fans. We know what Curtis Jones can do. He is all about passion. I mean, the man has Scouser written in his name as an anagram for Christ's sake, like he, he's fantastic. But Paul Pogba to be named man of the match and for Curtis Jones, a 19 year old, to be bossing him off the ball, let's be real here. Pog, Paul Pogba is a World Cup winner and I, I, I'll i do the air quotes, why not? He's a World Cup winner. Um, you know, he may be a fantastic talent but he doesn't necessarily show it all the time. Um, but for a young lad like Jones to just be bossing him off the ball, I thought was perfect. It, it was exactly what I wanted to see, talking about that anger. Um, but lads, I, I mean, let's talk about uh, Curtis Jones, and then we can all laugh at Paul Pogba and his multiple hairstyles. Um, Timuchin, Paul, who, who wants to jump in on the, on the Curtis Jones bandwagon here?
2: I mean, it was an interesting start. I didn't, you know, like he's kind of played his way out of the lineup and then he starts and gets thrown back in up, you know, up top. So interesting, interesting start for him. Um, I think he did really well. I mean, he was super direct. I thought he had a especially good first half. He faded a little bit down the second. Um, But I think – I think also I want to bring Jeannie up because I think, you know, Jeannie was tasked with man marking Pogba in the first half and I thought did a really nice job, but like, and it allowed Jones a little bit more freedom. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought Jones was super, um, he just played with a lot of purpose, you know, in terms of, and that's kind of what we've been missing in possession is possession with purpose. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I thought he was, he did a really good job of being direct down the left, um, which is not always easy. Um, I mean, the link-up play, I think, wasn't there with Rabo, but, like, that just comes with time. I mean, him and Sadio are, like, on a different level with that. They just played so many matches together. But, yeah, I mean, he he's living the dream, man. I mean, how many scousers grow up and want to end up – you know, that's their ultimate dream is to play for Liverpool. And I can't imagine growing up in Liverpool my entire life um, and having that, that be, be a reality and then having to deal with, you know, everybody – opinion of it you know whether you have a good game or a bad game you know there's people saying that he shouldn't be anywhere near the first team a couple weeks ago um which is which is just mad to, to to think about um because i think he's going to be a really really big player for the club for a long time
0: certainly yeah i i, I like you said paul i think he showed drive he he showed a sense of unflappability he wasn't he wasn't uh, afraid to take on a man and you know too much and he I like I said he for me he made Pogba when he dropped back in that second half like Paul was saying um, he shouldn't be doing that to a player of Paul Pogba's cal- caliber but his his confidence his uh, his you know he just wants to prove himself and that and that echoes what Paul's saying again you know growing up in Liverpool he knows the weight of of the 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 team and and what it means for his uh, narrow teenage shoulders but um, he really shouldn't be doing that to a player Paul Pogba's character and I dare say Paul Pogba was looking around his shoulder every time after a first couple of of, um, Curtis Jones shoulders you know he, he, he that's enough to frighten you you know when when a young player like that is able to take you on draw a foul or just just beat you for pace and a wee bit of skill like he he's got He's got the scouse nose, if you will. Forgive, forgive the Raymond slang. And I think you know that's. I would assume
3: that's even more pressure on a kids. You know, being local and you know, like having to play because you know, it's almost like all eyes are on you as opposed to you know coming from like outside or something like that. But no, I mean I agree with Paul. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, I mean the kid is very confident. I mean I've heard Club talk about him at more than, you know, a few occasions, underlining the fact of his like confidence overall in his skill and ability. And I mean, there are times it kind of like backfires on him perhaps, but you know, that's, you know, part of being young and part of being confident. So you're going to make mistakes and he's not afraid of the, the scope of the, you know, like where he's at, what he's playing, you know, like whether it's champions league, premier league starting and stuff like that. I mean, you can kind of tell he has belief in himself and I think, yeah, he has probably in that midfield. He has like a good future. I mean, as a United fan or any – I don't I, I feel like there's such a thing as a podby fan, I'm sure there is, but, I mean, that has to be very frustrating because I feel like that guy plays at 60% most of the time. And then occasionally you kind of see him almost on the field where if he gets challenged, he goes up to 100% for a while, like for like 10 seconds, and you're like, man, this guy is good, and then he just goes back to the 60 again, and it's just like me, just like hanging out. I don't know if it's a matter of like reaching – too much success early on in the career, kind of thing, or that's kind of like his personality, or he doesn't have the right people pushing him and stuff. But I would think watching that will be really frustrating. If you sign, I mean, you, first of all, you let this guy go, then you sign him for a ton of money and watching a player. I mean, I can't imagine if we spent that much money on a player and brought him in with huge expectations after we let him go, first of all. And it's very clear. I mean, it's not a biased opinion. I mean, I've. You know, talk to people like United fans who say the same thing. He looks like his body language looks like he's about like 65 percent. He's just like kind of doing what he can, not really pushing himself because he has somewhere to be afterwards or something like that. So I'm assuming that has to be
0: frustrating. Yeah, I mean, and look, I'm I'm not trying to be uber offensive towards the French. They're not the most likable of of uh, of a nations. God, God forgive me. Um Uh-oh, here but we he, go. Here he we is go. very. He, he, he nice just seems. Stuff. He just seems very blasé, you know. He just seems uber relaxed, doesn't really care too much. And what bothers me about him is he he certainly has the talent, certainly has the ability. But the French have that air of um, relaxed arrogance about them. Even their national teams, they always play super cool, super relaxed, super almost effortless you know and and i suppose that uh, i'm you know i'm irish we play agricultural dirty football we could only dream of playing super sexy french football but um yeah it bothers me i i see a lot of talent in him um if god if he was if he was on our team and we done that route and you know sold him for pennies and bought him back for 100 million or whatever the monstrosity fee was yeah we'd be we'd be crying for heads you know we'd be wanting heads on pikes um not to mention his haircuts but that's kind of a man united thing you know him and david beckham they've both had more haircuts than hot dinners they've they both had more haircuts than medals they both had more haircuts than chelsea have had managers for the fucking past 10 years i could go on folks um but yeah i'm gonna say
2: something super controversial here
0: uh, Worse Welcome than up. me just calling it an entire nationality. Are yeah, you ready? Are you? Re- no, nah.
2: are you ready? Go. DeVOC is a poor man's pogba. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let me explain. Okay. The only difference is, it, and like, obviously, there's an overall quality difference here in terms of just top end, straight up talent level.
0: Belgium is pretty and close only, to France though. So the I'm only
2: other diff- yeah, the only other difference is is that they spent 100 million dollars on their own player to buy them back and try to pigeonhole them into a lineup for 4 years. But sometimes I wonder with players how much they really love football. Right. You know, I mean, I think there's a difference between it being your profession and being a professional in in, in it being your identity. And I don't know for Paul Pogba or Divac Origi how much like being a footballer is their actual identity. And I think there's, I think it's fine to have other interests elsewhere. I, I mean, Devak is like intensely interested in the fashion industry and I think that's healthy. But when I see him play, I sometimes wonder just like how much actual dedication there is to, to being the best that he could possibly be as a footballer. I don't think he necessarily cares. And I, I, I mean, I think that's okay. Yeah, Um, But I I think we have to recognize it for what it is because sometimes for me, it's like, you know, I I wonder, I wonder about that with Paul Pogba. Like I wonder how much he cares about being remembered as the best ever. Like I think, and both of them are similar in the fact that they're physically supremely gifted. And you've heard this from, if you look at Divac Origi's youth coaches, they talk about how he physically had all the tools, but like there was just a disconnection in terms of like the effort sometimes. Um, and, and when I see both of them play, I feel very much about that for Pogba. And I feel like United as an organization has been handcuffed by him for a number of years with the investment they put and bringing him back in and knowing what his top-line capability is, having to shoe him into to a side, even when sometimes he had played himself
0: out of that side. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see your point of view there. I definitely can. Um, from all occurrence, Div, Div is a, a very – Inward thinking, intellectual young man, and and you know in, in his younger days he he witnessed some horrible racism towards himself, so he's had to become a a strong, resilient character. Um, but he, by all accounts, is certainly a, a almost like a philosopher type of player. Like he's he's definitely not like an Andy Robertson type of player, or or you know uh, Peter Crouch. Where Peter Crouch was asked, you know if uh, if you weren't going to be a, a, a footballer, Peter, what would you have been? And he, he said, unemployed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, people like that who wear their hearts on their sleeves, like like a Robbo or, or you know, a lot of English players who live and breathe the sport um, too much. And I, I can certainly see the difference and I can see what Paul's trying to get at. But by all kinds, Div is a very young, gifted, but he's, he's very... Uh, I won't say insecure, but he, he thinks inwardly quite a lot. Like, he's um he's the philosopher's striker uh, in many, many reports. I, I mean, honestly,
3: when he first said that, I was like, what? But, I mean, I do see that. Like, as you talk more about him, yeah, I know what you're getting. I know what Paul is getting at now in terms of, like, similarities. And especially... For Divac, I mean, they always talk about him as because obviously he rarely talks, uh, you know, like talk about him as like being the quiet one, the most calm one and stuff like that. Uh, I think they were saying like he would be the one to forget his stuff, kind of like the, you know, this kind of like floating mindset. But but it is in terms of not reaching potential, I, I, I agree with Paul in terms of, I mean, he's a big dude that. Plays like a little dude, because I mean he has the size and the height, but I th- I've seen Mane, uh, winning more air balls like than like Divac. Yeah, he's very fast. I mean I remember him, uh, burning. I'm sure you know American football fans are not going to be glad to remember that, but in the World Cup, uh, I mean with his speed, and it was just like who is this kid? Yeah, and he was flying. And he still has that speed. And it's not like, you know, we feel like because he's done I mean, so much over the years and he's been with us for a while, but he's only like 25 years old. So he's, you know, he's got a lot more time to go you know, ahead, if it's at Liverpool, poor Bickler, I guess. But, you know, like if he sticks around, uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, the kid has still more to achieve, but I do agree that he doesn't carry himself as, I mean, we don't know what happens behind the scenes, but if you look at body language, I do agree with Paul in terms of, he doesn't carry like he really wants it, but that could be just like a demeanor thing. But with Pogba, like, it's almost like we've seen it and that's probably even more infuriating. You know, you have somebody who you're like, "Hey man, if you really, you know, busted your ass, you could be at this top level." And you know, they don't cuz maybe they have, they don't believe it and stuff. With Pogba, I think it's like different. Like he's freaking been up there. He's seen himself up there. He just doesn't care as much to stay up there. And like I say, that could be partially because I mean, the kid has already won the World Cup. Uh, he's already won titles and obviously got the money so not everybody has that killer instinct i mean uh, i've been watching a lot of i'm, I'm a laker fan i'm like huge kobe ryan fan and stuff and obviously it's like the anniversary uh, of his passing so i watched like a lot of like documentaries like you hear about you know people like you know kobe ryan michael jordan like all these like you know top 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 guys that are not only skilled but almost like psychotic about getting better staying on top doing even better and stuff like that and not everybody's gonna have that that's why you only have you know one kobe one michael jordan and stuff like that and i mean i obviously translates into soccer as well i just don't think i agree with paul i don't think that's his top goal like being the best that he can be yeah Yeah. and sometimes i think that physically being gifted kind of like makes things come easy at you so even at 60 percent you're kind of like still floating around doing your thing. Uh, so. That's that's
2: a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I think that's probably part of it, right? I mean, you didn't have to work as hard to see results sometimes.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. And I mean, to, to, to bring it all home to, to Liverpool, obviously you're talking about the Kobe Bryants and and the, the goats of the world, you know, Stephen Gerrard was, was quoted as saying, you know, he went out on the training pitch every day. Obviously it's your teammates he was talking about, but he said, you go out there every day to push yourself to, to get rid of, to push past these players, and once you get there, you don't stop. You keep going. You you make sure that you keep them out of the team, and that's the the kind of mindset that the best of the best have. Um, and you know, it, just another thing about Divock, you know, when he played for the the Belgian national team, he was he was coached um, up front by Thierry Henry and the likes of that. Like, so he has it in him. He definitely has it in him. It's it's just whether or not you can get it out of him on a on a consistent basis. But, um, yeah, you know, there you have it, listeners. Um, a sneak peek at our next segment. It'll be Bickler's hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not. <laughs> um, no, but all joking aside, uh, lads, it's um, especially when it comes to Pogba and his many hairstyles. Um, yeah, it's just it's sad to see a, a player. Um it, even well, you know, it's not sad to see him because he's at our our rivals. Was say?
3: <laughs> but United, yeah. Uh,
0: it's a it's a massive joke, you know. Right now, the the many hairstyles he's had, um, and obviously I had a little dig at Chelsea there as well because why not? Uh, today, time of recording. Um, Frank Frankie Lampard has been sacked, so that'll be the end of that. Um, and I believe it'll be Thomas Tuchel coming in, right? Um, yeah, hate to see it. Don't yeah. you? <laughs> two two hundred miles down the Swanee. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy,
2: poor yeah. fella.
0: Um, but uh, just as a a, a point here, a last point on the United game. Who was the man of the match? Do, do, do we do we know? Um, I certainly don't think it was Paul Pogba. He didn't deserve it in my book. I would probably well, obviously, I'd give it to Mo Salah, um, or maybe Bobby Firmino, two lovely assists as well. But um, I'd, I'd hesitate to give it to one of the Liverpool players. Um, I dare say they probably give it to fucking Fernandez for his 12 minutes on the pitch and his last-minute goal, but who knows? Um, but, yeah, um, Frankie Lampard is gone. Um, it's also, uh, well, we've mentioned earlier it's um, Robert Burns' night, a uh, big thing for the Scottish lads, but it's also the best Pep in the Premier League's birthday. That's right. Pep Linders. Our Pep, it's his birthday, so big happy birthday to the best Pep in the Premier League. Um, Other than that, lads, we've got Spurs coming up on Thursday evening. Um, Obviously, we'll have another pod next week, so we'll be able to talk about that, and God knows what else we'll be throwing into Room 101 next week, Um, but a little bit on Spurs, and uh, then we've got West Ham on Sunday as well. So, uh, 28th, Thursday, Spurs, uh, 3 p.m. local time in Liverpool and West Ham on Sunday, which will be 11.30 local time in Liverpool on the Sunday. So a couple of big games coming up. Um, again, Spurs counter-attacking football. They, they won, what was it, 4-1 tonight against, uh, who was it? Wickham. Wickham. Yep. Yeah,
2: but they squeaked it by man. Three goals in the last
0: three minutes of the game. Oh, you're joking, really. No, it was there
2: was one one up to the eighty sixth, so squeaked it out.
0: Oh, all right, all right. Things are looking brighter now. Um yeah, against the mighty Wickham Wanderers. Huh? <laughs> all right, <laughs> fair enough. All right, that's brilliant. Um who who was the scorers there, Paul? Do you have it? Uh
2: so what's the French the French guy they picked up in midfield, M Dumb Oh, uh, I'm gonna massacre the name. I see Parker furiously type it away. Yeah. Parker's got And then He got he got two. Winks got one. Um I don't know who the last score was. I can't Gareth remember.
0: Bale. Uh Bale. Bale got one. Oh Jesus Christ. I
2: thought he was out I thought he was
0: out golfing to be quite. Uh, honest. On the nineteenth hole. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With me
2: with me screaming from the ladies'
0: team. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. Don't uh let's not talk about Gareth Bale too much. Um
2: <sighs> room 101? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right <in the> room. <laughs> you know what? It's... Just Gareth Bale general discussion, anything. Yeah, ever. general discussion, but you oh. know what
0: fucking problem is there? <laughs> Knowing my luck, I'll have to fish him out next fucking week, won't we? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, we won't start the pod with that one.
0: No, um, but yeah, I mean, look, we... Here, we. Here. I got something that we can
3: throw more... Can we throw this to Room 101 altogether? everybody grab it and, and we just freaking like dump it in there? Can we stop evaluating the current state of the team by constantly freaking looking back? And the saying, old rose tinted glasses been...
0: routine. You're fucking damn right. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It, all this week,
3: it's been driving me nuts seeing posts about... Uh, You know, like, oh, you guys haven't seen the bad years. Sadly, we have seen the bad years, and we don't want to go back to those freaking bad years. So just looking at the current situation and trying to feel good about it by looking at how bad it was like 10 years ago. Listen, I've learned
2: a lot about Jay Spearing this week, okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's only one Jay Spearing, one Jay Spearing. (laughs) There's only one Jay Spearing. (laughs)
3: I mean, that, can we just throw that away? Because it's been, like, driving me nuts. It doesn't make anybody a bigger fan having gone through those misery years. I wish I didn't, and I'm sure those people wouldn't either. We and all have the newer- gray
0: hairs to prove it. I mean, come on. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe not. I see Paul and Parker both glare at
1: Glaring
3: uh, at me. Was, <laughs> I've lost hair because of it. So I don't have much hair to show because of it. If anything, well,
1: no, but speaking,
3: it, speaking of hair, it's just I like got, that, you know, first. like constantly fans bringing that up to see. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to wait another thirty years for another title. Yeah, no, it might do. make this one special because yeah. we waited freaking thirty years. But you know, I don't want it to look like we caught lightning in a bottle and like I'd like two great years here. This is still like an awesome team. And just got to find a way to turn it around. And we just got to, you know, we talked about it earlier. We got to admit the mistakes that were made and hopefully they'll make it better. And like we've seen improvements over the last week or so. And hopefully it'll carry on to this like Tottenham game. Because I mean, it's really a key game in terms of being able to stay in the hunt for the title. I mean, you lose this game, I would say it's pretty safe bet to say. I mean, I realize it's still like halfway, but are you going to be able to, you would have to go on some serious run to be able to come back from like, you know, six, seven, eight points um, against like, you know, City or, you know, I, I consider City still to be the leading candidate over United. Once Europa starts and all this congestion starts, I feel like they're not as good. I mean, even this week, they did not look as good. So, I mean, they, you know, the moment you pressure them, they don't have the best center backs and stuff either. So... But can we just throw that to 1 on one and not talk I about I think that's
2: a good point. I mean like right it's a different it's a different club right now. Like expectations are different, right? I mean it's like one in a Porsche. It's okay to be upset if it's not hitting 80,
0: right? Yep. So <laughs> I think you know I'm I'm Parker we can come to you cuz you're you're the youth, you know, you're the the youthful left back here. We may as well get <laughs> your opinion on the matter. Um but the fact is, you know, yeah, we've all seen crappier days. That doesn't it doesn't mean much. It doesn't mean nothing now. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I just, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it doesn't measure up. You know, it doesn't, it it, just because we're in a blip right now, like this isn't even a blip. The title race, so to speak, hasn't even begun. We're halfway through the season. Uh, Take a look at Chelsea. Chelsea were top of the league. uh, What? Only a couple of weeks back. Now you, Fat Frank's gone bye bye. So it can all it can all change in in a heartbeat. But um, in in your short tenure as a, a as an LFC fanatic, Parker, what you know? Talk to us. Tell us. You know what what's it like? And and look, I'll say this again. This is what other rival fans are wanting us to do. They're sitting back laughing their fucking pants off at us, like. Or inward fighting, even this throwing back to the the bad days. Like wh- no, fuck the bad days. We're in the good days. This is this is it. You know, this is a, a championship win inside. Uh, uh, champions of the world still. You know, like I, I just think in in with Corona, there's a lot of uh, inward thinking a lot, a lot of time on your hands to sit back and pontificate and and wonder of how things could have been. But um, the reality isn't that far off. Like, we are still a championship side, a championship winning side. The champion's badge is right there on our fucking shirt, you know? I I just seem to feel like there's a lot of short-lived memories going on right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, for me, you know, it's about potential. Kind of like how Paul was saying about having the Porsche. You know, we have the sky high potential and this level of achievement that we should be hitting, you know, practically speaking, we have the exact same team we had last year without the injuries, obviously, Mm -hmm. but the players that we have on the roster for the most part are the same players. We should be able to perform just as well as we did last year, but we're not. And I think that's what, a lot of fans are unhappy with and you know what people are calling you know fairweather fans newbies oh you weren't here when this happened you weren't here when that happened who cares you know the potential of your club I mean I can speak from experience and Paul you can back me up on this the Detroit Lions I've watched us go through a season where we didn't win a single game won all four games of the preseason. We thought, you know, this is the year. This is our year. This is when we'll win the Super Bowl. we we'll are win it all. And then we lost literally every single game.
2: Trust me. Also, we lose our best players about five years earlier than everybody else
1: did. Yeah, also that, but, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, let me let me put it through this rest, way. Rest,
2: you, rest in peace, Matthew Stafford. Yes. Thanks
1: for the years. You, uh, you, you bring up the word
0: potential there. And uh, when anybody tells me or says the word potential, it's always brought me back to this. A much older and smarter man than me told me this a long time ago. Potential means you're not worth shit right now. But that's not the case with us. You know, we do, of course we have the potential. We're you, it, it was only six months ago we lifted the, the the trophy. You know, of course we have the potential. But even more so than that, we have the ability, you know. Um, so that may be a, a, a harsh way to look at the word potential, but it, it always rings true to me. Um, but, you know... Fandom's a fickle thing. Um, it it can be, well, I guess you know, plastic never rots, but uh, it it certainly doesn't decay. It takes a long time for it to decay. But true fanatics will never die. And you know, fandom can be bought and sold. I guess in in today's world, um, I just think, like Temuchin's saying that that constant reminder of the dark days doesn't really do us any any justice. Doesn't do us any good.
3: I mean, I think my thing is, I understand there's a lot, you know, the injuries, COVID. I mean, we know, I mean, for a fact, you know, not having fans, I mean, we're probably hurting the most out of all the other teams, you know, that will be like challenging for the title and stuff like that. I understand everything, you know, that has kind of like gone against us and the challenges of the season. And I mean, some of the reasons behind our struggles and stuff like that, I'm just against the concept of trying to be happy with it's just based on the fact that it was a lot worse you know eight years ago i mean to me that's kind of like a loser mentality if you're going to be happy with what you have because it sucked a lot worse you're not gonna get better i mean you're not you you know you're kind of like content with i'm not content with what we did the last two years it was awesome but you know i wanted to keep going because i think there's a potential we have a ton of like you know good youth players we have you know literally the manager of the best manager in the world and the award to show it. so I mean, why not try to continue this run as opposed to kind of saying, well, that was fun and it was a lot worse before, so it is what it is that's, that's what in I the mean. title now.
0: It, yeah. yeah you know like in, a, in,
2: in America we call it a dynasty that's what we're going for
0: yeah, absolutely okay. the, the the true American comes out and- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I like I often uh, look, and we, we talked about Klopp's interviews earlier on, like I often look to what Klopp has to say about these sorts of things. You know, um, he said a couple of weeks back, what was it? You know, if, if fans are, are fickle people. We want uh, success all the time. And, you know, he's not wrong. But, you know, he said something in his uh, interview there the other day. So he said, if one player has a problem, we all have a problem. And I like to think of it like that. As a fan, and for all of our fans, uh, I'll put it out there right now. You know, we're all different. We all uh, accept uh, defeat and challenges in different ways. It's we're all unique. Um, It would be a terribly boring fucking world if we if we weren't. If we were all the same, it it would be shite. There'd be no arguments. We'd all get along. It'd be boring as fuck. Um, But like I said earlier on, the, the the rest of the league and the other fans want us. They're reveling in the fact that we're fighting and we've only lost a fucking one league game. Yeah, we we went through a period where we didn't score for 400 minutes, but that's what they want. They want us fighting. So let's show some fucking solidarity. You know, go out there. Obviously, we can't hug and embrace and shake hands, but, you know, give give your fellow Liverpool fans a, a virtual hug, and, and hopefully that's what this podcast can do for you, is um, a, a little virtual Liverpool hug. Get all red and misty-eyed and... Forget the good old days. The good old days are now. They're right now. We're living in them. It's the present. Yes, it's a blip. But like I said at the beginning of the podcast, think about poor old Everton. They've been in a blip for the past 25 years. Haven't won a trophy. Haven't won a trophy. Haven't won a trophy since 1995. Imagine that, lads. You know? So then let's just a get a win days. this
3: Thursday get back at it, man. I mean, like I say, a lot of people have given up on this season. I haven't. I mean, we're only halfway through. So a good run. And I've, obviously we know this team is capable
0: of it. You never know, but it kind of has to start this Thursday, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've only got one more thing left on my notes here um for this week's pod. And it's... Tiago, a man we haven't really spoken about too much in this podcast. Um, there's gonna be a day soon when one of those sideward standing volleys he does absolutely flies into the top corner. And I remember uh, Chris Strain, our, uh, our other Irish guy on the AS crew, he was always one for calling out uh, a Fabinho. And Paul, you, I believe you were the same, always calling out a, a Fabinho wonder strike. Um, one of these days, Tiago's going to score one of them volleys. And on that day, I will fully embrace going absolutely mental. You, you will not see me. I will run off into the fields for weeks. I will be celebrating that goal <laughs> until the end of the season. I'll be gone. I'll be out with the rabbits and, and the, the stags and the deer. I'll be gone. My wife won't see me because I'll still be singing Tiago's song. Tiago! The man had a song before he even touched down at John Lennon Airport in Liverpool. Oh, I can't wait, guys. Can we? Can we just give? Me I a can't be on? the only.
2: I can't be. I can't be the only one that thinks that you're like living a shire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You'd be forgiven for believing that up until I got a haircut <laughs> the other day, because I did kind of look a wee uh. bit like Frodo Baggins. Um, for all those <laughs> listeners who may not know me personally or see my my hair, I had long hair down to my shoulders, so I lost about a hundred pounds, and I'm a skinny guy. Most of it was was in <laughs> my my hair weight, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a new man, uh, and if you can't hear it in my voice, uh, I'm sure one of the boys can tag you in my my Facebook post because there's before and after evidence of me with god awful long shyish Frodo Baggins's hair, and now. I look like a shiny new penny. <laughs> but there you go. This could my... be the turning point of the season. That haircut. That, that, that's it. Yes,
3: that's it. Yes, my yes. precious.
0: <laughs> there we go, lads. Um, as always, listeners, thanks for joining. Yes, but Tiago, Ti- we- Oh right, yes, Tiago. Anybody want to talk about Tiago oh, before we say oh, goodbye?
2: we're uh, No, I was. <laughs> no, I was just going to say he's great. That's all I was going to say. I mean, he's going <laughs> to he's going to nail one. Oh, I can He's going to ping one in, but I mean, there's nothing really to say.
0: Nothing to say. I just want to hear the same kind of net rippling sound that Fabinho had against City uh, when when we started back and there was no fans and all you could hear was the whoosh, the whoosh of the net. Like that was still spine-tingling to hear about it. Um, but yeah, lads, uh, thanks for joining me. Listeners, thanks for joining in the shenanigans. Um, we will be back again next week with more of the same... Uh, hopefully we've got more goals to sing about and we won't be able to talk about Gareth Bale because he'll be in Room 101 um, and we won't have to fish him out. <laughs> but Paul, Tomuchin, Parker, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, listeners, we're going to love you and leave you. As always, turn on, tune in, cop out with us madmen, and we will see you next week. You'll never walk alone, Later. boys, Reds, always. Hello,
2: hello.